Hey everybody, welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. Um, I wanted to put this little intro on the front of this episode because we had another episode that was ready to go for our retro summer 2022, but the file was corrupted and then through, I don't even know what kind of means, um, someone, okay, me, um, accidentally deleted the original files. So um, we have a Phantom episode that maybe we'll re-record at some point, or we'll just replace it with something else. But we did have this episode about the movie SFW that we recorded back in May when we were doing the um, the greatest movie about Gen X brackets. And uh, so we're doing a full episode about the movie SFW as as kind of a a filler-slash-bonus episode uh, to get you through to next week. We've got some really cool stuff coming up, one in particular... And uh, so, yeah, please enjoy this episode, and we'll be back with Retro Summer beginning next week. Thank you. Hi, Cliff's Bab here. I'm not a VJ, I just play one on TVN. I'm stuck in this, this fun stop. No fucking work. That's all you gotta do. It's all everybody's got to do is just say so fucking what? Everybody out there, say it along with me. So fucking what? Uh, welcome, welcome back. Costco, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alan Smith, along with... I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry! In this episode, we are going to be taking a deep dive into a movie that is near and dear to our hearts. That would be the 1995 movie, SFW. What is SFW, you might ask? Now, it here we go. It stands for So, so fucking, fucking What? what? Or my favorite one. Good grief. So damn what. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh my God, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) There's going to be a lot of me going, oh. Oh man, this movie uh, was a part of our... uh, our, our recent bracket, our recent you know uh, March Madness of sorts for the greatest movie about Gen X um, movie had Madness. a surprising upset win in the first round over Scream, and um, it came up against a behemoth yes, in it, Empire Records. Yes, it did. So. It was in, and it was still tough. It really came down to Dave doing a you know. The coin hell, flip. No, Hail Mary there at the end. So I, was, I, I uh, threw the coin and then called the one that I thought it, I was thought I was hoping for. And, and I'm not saying he chose the wrong, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, SFW stars Stephen Dorff, Reese Witherspoon, Jake Busey, Joy Lauren Adams, Pamela Gidley, uh, David Barry Gray, Jack Noseworthy, Richard Portnoy, um... Natasha Gregson Wagner. A lot of these are like, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, a lot of uh, yeah. Um, Toby McGuire is Toby McGuire burnout has yeah. a small role. One of his first movies. Let's see, hold on. Let's see if it was his first movie. It's got to be one of one of his first. No, his first was um, Back to the Future. Back to the Future Two. Or three, Actually, his first three. movie was The Wizard. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. 
He yes. has like no speaking part, but he's in yeah, it. So, so yeah, I mean, he was, but he was in. But I just remember him as the the in Back to the Future Two. He was the kid beside the Wild Gunman game. No, that was Elijah Wood. Was it Elijah Wood? Yes, it I was. Thought, that, I, was that was Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Coffee has not uh, picked in yet. He, I, I guess he was in several things prior to this. He was in This Boy's Life. Um, uh, he had several like. You know, I'm going to call it now. This is probably one of his best roles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, it's funny because he was actually in Empire Records also. Yes, he was. So I'd forgotten about that. Yep. So yeah. Um, Dave, you want to try to tell us what this movie's about? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, a couple of burnouts. Mm-hmm. Joe and and Spab. Joe Cliff, Spab. Spab. Cliff Spab and Joe Dice. Yes. Basically, decide to skip a party and go buy the local convenience store. Or which go buy a six pack. Go buy a six pack and just go somewhere and hang out and drink beer. And while they're in there, they have a... Along with someone else who happens to be in there, which is Wendy Pfister. Yep. Played by Reese Witherspoon. A very young Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Yep. Um, some kind of unnamed terrorist group before they were all, as one of my favorite comedians says, you know, before they were all Arab, um, takes over the <laughs> convenience store. All wearing, like, the Tyvek suits, too. I thought that yeah. was kind of funny. And they basically tie them up and hold them hostage for, was it 36, 36 days? days. And basically, and broadcast broadcast what's going on in the convenience store. They're called was it Split Image? Is that the name of? Yeah. The um, yes, Split yeah. Image, Split and it's Image. an acronym. It's it's. Did they ever say what the acronym they was? They never do. Okay, yeah. I just saw S P L I T Image, yeah. right? So. And it, there, there's a dot between each one of those letters, yeah. so it's an acronym of some sort. Um, but they're basically showing the decline of mental health while. Being held hostage, well, and live on TV. Also drunk quite a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, They're sitting there drinking yeah, yeah. beer like the whole time. Because what else do you have to do? I know, you know? and it's funny because like it, it, the the movie starts off showing them pull up. There's a voiceover. Yeah, and a it's Stephen Spab, Yeah, Spab is saying you know, you know something to the effect of maybe if I find it, I'll drop it in here. Something to the effect of of um, you know making one one decision. To stop and buy a six pack wound up changing your, changing life. your entire life, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, it starts off with that, and then we see a little glimpse of you, what you, was going you on. Can, the video of, of you of can the, tell the it was done. You yeah. can tell it was being recorded by um, what's basically prosumer video cameras, and you get the video roll and right, yeah. the right, static right, right. in it, and they're basically making. The broadcast stations in that area air it from like not, seven, not just in that area, worldwide. Right, worldwide right. It was worldwide. So from like seven to nine, and if they didn't broadcast it, they were going to start killing people. Right, and the world let them kill two of them before they started doing it. Uh, yeah, did they? Yeah, yeah. There was two of them that died. I know there was two of them that died, but one of them, no, but one only one of them died. Early, one of them was shot in front of them. Right, yeah. but the other one died in the, the yeah. escape. Yeah, actually, two of them died in the escape. Uh, but 
or, or did they? I don't know. No, did the, they ever show what happened? The, the, the convenience, the, the person working. The clerk convi- was, was killed. killed. Yep. And then. And then the guy was killed at some point I because know, he I wasn't around. Did we, did we they didn't show that. They didn't show that part. I know we, we heard we that were, they died. Because right. we were down That's to right, the final it was, three. It was Wendy, Joe, and Spab. Yeah. Were the, the only three ones that were left. left. And then but Joe gets shot and killed during the escape. During the escape, right. And Spab gets shot in the shoulder. Right. Saving Wendy. Right. And it's a. You know, so it's basically we see these little bits of of some of the footage, and then it's Spab in the hospital. Yeah, yep. and the media and the media is going him wild on this thing. And yep. it's funny because like the circus is full three. It's funny because yep. like they they do a, but the the video or the uh, the news broadcast that he's watching is obviously it's supposed to be Tom Brokaw. Yeah. Okay. Well, and then and then there is a Peter, like a really good Peter Jennings. Yeah, it's later. the same guy. I know, but it's one of those things that like it's, he really looks a lot like Peter on. Peter Jennings. Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, Phil Donahue, Phil yep. Donahue, and uh, and um, there was another um, um oh what's he? But he, Larry the, King, Larry King, and yeah, Larry and he King, played, the same actor right. played a, each one of them. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah, and it's very like oh okay, this is a satire. Yeah, yeah, it was it was almost like they were purposely using the one guy to go. These these people are they're all, all the same. same. Yep. I know, I know. The Peter Jennings though, he had. I didn't him, think about that. That's a good point. He he yeah. had him like down. Like I was like, oh wow, that is that is Peter Jennings. Like the Donahue, the Donahue as well. Was yeah, it was like it didn't matter who's sitting in the well, seat. Well, the Larry it's King, it's still even. the same you know, person. The, the only one that was kind of like okay, that's obviously. The the um, uh, Tom Brokaw, yeah, he doesn't look so much like him, yeah, but he's he got the same like hair. Him. The backdrop, the big thing was the backdrop, yeah, you yeah. Know, with the, the showing the Capitol in the background and everything. Um, but it's it, as soon as he's out, you're, you're getting the point of his point of view, and like his parents are there, and they're like, oh, you know, they're they're making him. They're well, making no, him he's movies. not even out yet. His parents I know, no, I'm talking about when he's in the hospital. Yeah, when he's in the hospital, and it's like. All these people, you know, there's the local um, police is it the police officer or FBI? FBI, 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 who does who believes that he's that there he was involved Richard with this. Yeah, he was like, no, he's like, I, I don't care what anybody says. I know you were involved in this. You have something to do with it. And for the record, mm-hmm. Richard Portno, mm-hmm. you may not recognize the name, but that was Dan the Man Levitan from Good Morning Vietnam. Yes, um, but it's just. <laughs> It's basically Spab trying to reintegrate back into society. He, he's got PTSD. He, he's absolutely... Dude, yeah. there, there are a couple of moments in this that I remember watching before and being mm-hmm. like, oh, that's rough. But now watching it is like, I it's feel so sorry yeah. for him in this moment. He's um, trying to get... He, he's basically... Everybody wants a piece of him. Yes. Yep. Everybody is trying to capitalize yes. on his fame... And it's basically him dealing with the PTSD and trying to reintegrate into society after basically being, you know, held hostage for a month. Well, not basically. He was and coming to terms with the fact that he fell in love with the woman that he was captive with. And he lost his best friend. And yeah. he, lost he lost his, his best, best friend. friend. And nobody talks him. about that. And, I know. Yeah. And that's the whole and thing. it's him trying to deal with the fact that he's now an instant celebrity. Right. Yeah. It's right. that overnight celebrity. How and you, nobody. And the thing is, is everybody that? thinks that they know him, but nobody knows. Well, right. Not just that's the. And, and I'd go further than celebrity. I would almost go cult leader to a point because yeah, there everyone is yeah, using no, his, you're absolutely right. his mantra there is. This of is the SFW, SFW right. and it becomes this thing where everyone is using that now as kind of a lifestyle mantra to go by. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it, when when he leaves the hospital with his brother, okay, 
and he's like, "Hey, we got to go to the boy, the Burger Boy." You know, it's yeah. Oh yeah. And they're looking, and they they have like a spab burger, and they have all this stuff. And he looks at his boss, and he's like, "Where's Joe?" Like he's he's the employee of the month, you know. Yeah. And they he's work like, together. At yeah, that and place. he's like, "Where's Joe?" Well, Joe, Joe's dead. Joe's dead. Joe didn't make it. He's like, you know, Joe needs to be on there with mm-hmm. me. It's one of those things where it's like that is always like even later when he runs into the burnouts and one of them asks like, hey, where, where's where's Joe? And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, Joe yeah. died. Yeah. You know? And it is one of those things where everything has gone to his his been put on him. Yeah. All the emphasis has been put on him. He survived. That Joe kind of gets lost in the background, yeah. you know, and he talks about that later in one of the voiceovers. He's like, you know, he's like, I was one year old when Joe was born. Yeah, and, and well, for the he next goes to see 19, his sister. Yeah, and he's like, and for the next nineteen years, we saw each other every day. We were a part of everybody's life. It was you know, always, it was always Spab and Joe. Exactly, you know, Which and then sounds all like and, a weird breakfast dish. It does. Yeah. <laughs> um, the guy that played, I would like some fresh crispy spab. You know, I'm sure you would <laughs> with my Joe. Uh, <laughs> you're right. It just, it, it just. Clip, all right, right, so so spab, you know, played by Stephen Dorff, which I've always kind of considered Stephen Dorff like the the Kmart version of Ethan Hawke. Uh, wow, <laughs> ouch. Which you know, it's ouch. funny because like, because I mean, think about like what he's done. You know, I mean, it's you, you know that okay. You know, the, the stuff that immediately pops in mind. Of course, he was in the first Blade movie. Yep. Yeah. He was in the Britney Spears video for sometimes, which is odd. Um, Wasn't he in the the Aerosmith video too? Yes, he was in the the crying, crying video yeah. uh, with uh, uh, Alicia, Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Okay, and he was in the the last season of True Detective. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and like he was really good in. Like I remember yeah. watching. I was like, dude, he's Steve a good actor. Dorf's like a much better actor than I ever gave him yeah. credit for. You know, it, it's funny you say that because I kind of consider Skeet Ulrich the dollar store version of. Um, um, dwarf, maybe dollar store. That's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> you get far enough down that line, but but yeah, but he he definitely has that Ethan Hawk ish, yeah. especially in this with the greasy hair and oh, the you know the goatee. And I, that's I, I have to, to to comment on Dave's statement here. There's okay. I love bad animated shows, and the Cleveland Show did a spoof on Skeet Ulrich one time where it was you know something about shooting Skeet. And Cleveland goes over and shoots him, and he falls down to the ground. He's like, ah, oh, I'm dying. You just shot me. He looks over and goes, there's nothing good about what you do or who you are. My favorite. Here's our tangent. Wow, we've already derailed yes. this quick. <laughs> Skeet Ulrich, okay, mm-hmm. has a very notable, very, very notable, but very small part in the South Park movie. Oh, that's right. I remember uh, what he was the the voice of the dog, wasn't he? No. What was he? No. In when Satan and Saddam Hussein are in bed together, uh-huh. Skeet Ulrich is on the picture above their bed. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Now, <laughs> as bad as I've just dragged him, and, and allowed, I love Skeet and, Ulrich, and allowed okay. you guys no, to do that. I love Skeet I Ulrich. Will, I will say that I love him. In Riverdale, he's in Riverdale, and if you ever yeah. saw Jericho, oh, he was Jericho was a good Jericho. one too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys that because he was kind of pushed is like that heartthrob, you know, in the mid nineties, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of those. He's actually a really good actor. He really is. He really is. I, I, so, and and um, I said that just, but oh, I, you know, I, know, I, I know, I know, I know. You know, I, I drag. I know. My it's all in actors. fun. I mean, and that's so. the whole thing. Me not me me saying that about Stephen Dorff is not me 
No, belittling I mean, him. It's just like yeah. it's hey, surprising. You know, it's yeah. a pleasant surprise. It, it is what it is. You and, know? and when the guys get are able to get out from behind the marketing machine and actually start doing what they want to do, absolutely, they usually turn out to be absolutely. pretty good actors. Which I, I cannot believe I'm going to say this. I haven't seen the Batman movie yet, but I've yeah. seen clips and. I may have to give Patterson his due. Patterson uh, is a great Batman. I have seen it. Okay. Uh, I, I'll say this, uh, kind of going back on the cast on this for just a second, mm-hmm. because I'm very much a fan of truly bad movies. Yes. You know, I, it's well pronounced on this. And there are a few actors that you mentioned on here that have some of just the little bits that... Gary I, Coleman? Gary <laughs> Coleman makes an appearance in this. Um, so damn what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's an actor named Soon Tech O, and yes. I, I I talked a little bit about him on the yes. other one. Yeah, uh, he's uh, very famous for being in movies like he was one of the voices in Mulan. He was the 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 head sensei in the movie Beverly Hills Ninja, oh, yeah. which I oh, yeah. love. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but my favorite is he actually played in the Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned about Richard Portnoy playing you know Dan the Man Levitan. I know. My favorite one, and when I saw this, I nearly fell off the bed because it surprised me. Pamela Gidley. Mm -hmm. One of my absolute favorite bad movies of all time is a movie called Cherry 2000. Oh, I forgot about that She played the robot. Yes. She played Cherry. plays the Cherry 2000, yes. And Jake Busey, of course, from Starship Troopers. You gotta love a movie about a sex robot that is out of warranty that the guy has to tra- love so much that he has to travel across the badlands in order to get the parts to, to bring her back to in life. Vegas <laughs> when Vegas has been taken over by an entire yes. you know desert it's awesome it's so we, we will get to Jake Busey in oh okay man. <laughs> the Jake but Busey yeah, of and it all yeah Jake jo- Busey man Joey Lauren Adams another Joey one. Lauren Adams chasing I know, Amy I know, yeah. as, as well as mall rats and uh she was in biodome and she was on Still the King. I know we talked about that one on a previous episode. I'm telling you, if you can find that, watch it. It is it it is so Nashville centric on top of it all. Yes. They talk about it is there. Wait, there, what movie? It's not. It's a TV show series. It was on CMT. It's called Still the King. Okay. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is the main character. Oh, yes. that's okay. Never mind. That's uh, why I didn't watch it. You need to watch it. It is awesome. It is awesome, but the mullet. I know the mullet, and he he, he leans into it. Believe me. Oh, so I mean, it's it hard is. To get past it. It is awesome. Okay, it, it's, it's it's it reminds me a lot of my name is Earl. Oh wow. Okay. In in the fact that he's kind of trying to. Here's the whole deal. Things haven't. He he was a, he's. I know we're getting way off topic here, but uh, he <laughs> so was. When is that something? Imagine that he was <laughs> he was um he was an up and coming star. Yeah. Things went sideways. He had a sex scandal. You didn't say it was a documentary. And then he becomes a, he's so he he's the, his career basically he's become an Elvis impersonator. Like I said, you didn't say it was a documentary. So he comes back to no, town. No, that's Nicolas Cage. He Go comes ahead. back to town to try to like get things back, you know, kind of some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And he's mistaken for the new preacher at this church. And so him being who he is, he just says, "Okay, yeah." And starts pastoring this church, <laughs> but he's still like the degenerate that he always was. <laughs> why? That am I, why am I running so many bad Elvis jokes that I had right See, now? That, that reminds me of an article I saw from the Babylon Bee. Once. Yeah, it's this homeless guy with guitar and chacos mistaken his new youth ministry. Yeah, exactly. Church. <laughs> In the name of the Father, the Son, and my Mama. Yeah. yeah. My my favorite Babylon Bee on that on that yeah. headline was uh, uh, youth pastor. Was it a uh, Youth pastor's youth pastor's hand permanently um, 
youth pastor's hand uh, permanently fused in the uh, in a G chord. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Also true. Yeah. So anyway, yep. um, back to this movie. Um, yeah, Joy Lauren Adams again, and, and I want let let's before we really get into the rest of this, I want I want to talk a couple about a couple things acting okay. wise. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Joey Lauren Adams is a good actor. Yeah. There are some very not good acting choices that she makes in this, but I was also uh, sitting there hold yeah. on. I was sitting there watching, I was like, you know what? She's working with, with what she has to work with here. There are parts of this script that are terrible. Oh, oh no, no doubt, no yeah, doubt, absolutely. But it's funny but that's because part of the, the it's the, so funny how parts of this script are so bad, but then other parts of the script are brilliant. It, and it's, it's almost how it makes the brilliant parts shine just a little bit more because there are some really bad. And I want to yeah, say this script choices. I want to say this. When Spab and Wendy finally get back together, mm-hmm. and they're sitting Spoiler. Out, well, and they're sitting <laughs> out because that's kind of the three quarters of this movie is hey, have you talked to have you talked to Wendy or Spab since? Yeah, they're they're always constantly being asked, have you Dude, have you been blah blah blah. Movie's, her, her, movie's thirty years old. Okay, I know. Don't worry I know. About I'm it. not. Her more so than him, right? I but mean, it's, every, but they're every interview like, is like, what about Spab? Right. Well, yeah. I know, and they don't talk about each other. No, not, not at all. No. And it's one of those things that when they finally get back together and they go and they're sitting outside the fun spot. I will say, Reese Witherspoon shines. Yeah, when she's talking to him, you know, like when when he's you know when when they're talking about all this. Right. I'm just I was just sitting there going, my God, Reese Witherspoon is. I forget how good of an actor she is because she's been in so many bad movies. Well, I made a you know I mean through, that is I made through, a comment in I know you you, our, you went after her. At I one went point. after her, and then I've watched this again, and um, I was like, I'm gonna have to eat a little. Crow. I know, and I was like, so, but you know, the same thing with like the Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, the part where like she's on the bed, yeah. you know, and she's crying, and it, that is some terrible acting. But then the next the next scene where they're in the car, yeah, and they're I was like, dude, this is this is what we expect real. out of her. This is very you know. So, so I had made the comment on on our previous episode talking about this um, that this does kind of have a John Waters feel to it. It, it absolutely does, yeah. and and because it's very over the top. Well, in and places. and I think that may be kind of what you're talking about is that some of the actors kind of did play it to the rafters, right? In that <laughs> Derek Derek, McGuire, yeah, oh god, <laughs> those guys. In, in t- like I said, one of his best ap- um, jobs that he's mm. done. Well, and and you know, I don't know if that was necessarily intentional or not because. If it was intentional, was it done to kind of make a farce right. of everything? Because that would make sense. But it's yeah. one of those, like I said when we were when we were covering this on the, the bracket, yeah. is that this movie starts off as a a send up, not even a satire, just a send up of yeah. of youth culture and and slacker culture. slacker culture. Like, yeah. but by the time it's over, it's a real movie. Yeah, and you can see it. With Stephen Dorff, the yep. way Spab at the beginning of it, he's basically just like, he's just making statements. It's like he's not a real character, you know, and he's just like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And everything is, you know, and and nothing, he's not taking anything seriously, yep. which is fine, which makes sense for that whole slacker thing. But it's an over-the-top not taking anything seriously. Right. Where everything is this, like... Oh, you want me to be this person? Okay, I'll be this person to the tenth to the nth degree. Yeah, you know, type and that's stuff. exactly what he does. Ex- you know? But then, by the, as the the movie goes on, 
you see his acting change to right. where he is. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a real character. Not only is this a real character, this is a real sympathetic character. Well, he goes, he goes from he's caricature no, to actual yeah, character. He's no, longer, and, he's no longer the FU guy. Right. He's actually the human being that's got to process these emotions of right. losing his friend, of what he feels about this girl, of what the situation is. And, and all that becomes real. You yeah. know, and it's a, you know, when, when, he, when he comes home, and the media is everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actually, as soon as they walk out of the, the hospital, the yep. media is everywhere. You know, I mean, it's like everybody wants is asking questions and this and that. And you know, well, and then he goes home, and they're going to have a press conference, and he doesn't want to be there. And he's, and he's getting the key to the city. Right. And he looks at the mayor and goes, "Who are you?" Yeah, I know exactly. Just <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, I, I love that. that. Um, and, you know, and then he goes inside, and like his mom's cleaned his room and all this kind of stuff. And so him and his brother destroy trash, just trash the room. Yep. And of course, the dad comes in and is like, you know, what are you doing? You know, you know, you need to get out here. And you need to think about everybody else. So stop thinking about See, yourself. And, 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 and that scene right there, yeah, was very John Waters. To very me. much. You know, I'm much. sitting there watching this, and I I half expected Waters to come walking in behind him as his dad. Uh, or yeah, something, I know. You know, and, and yeah, I think the movie really finds its footing. In the when, third act. Well, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. When he goes to see Joe's sister, what what is her name? Um, the character's uh, name. Joey Lauren Adams. I know the character's name. Is it Melissa? Is that right? Joey Lauren, yeah, Monica. 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 I know Monica. Monica. Nice. Yeah. When he goes to see Monica, you know, and it's this very, like, he calls her to go see her, and he's basically calling, like, hey, I want to come over and get drunk and have sex. Yeah, he wants basically. a hookup. And she's like, you know, my brother's dead. You know, this is a, you know, and it's one of those things that you can see the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. You know, and uh, one of my favorite music drops is right here. Whenever they actually do start to have sex. Oh. It's the Teenage Whore by Hole. Hole. That music drop, especially for 1995, was just, oh, that is awesome. Yeah. And also, the way that that scene is filmed, where it starts off, showing the bed from the side mm-hmm. and it's slowly moving diagonally up and over yeah so eventually it's an above you know above the bed you know but the, the way that they do that it's slow you don't realize it at first mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like oh no no this this is all changing you know and you're kind of getting that whole two people who are grieving the loss of someone just trying to get through, yeah. you know, type stuff. Any port in a storm. Any, yeah. Uh, uh, what was the the line from High Fidelity? I want to feel anything that I'm, you know, other than what, what I'm, I'm feeling, feeling right, right now. now. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And um, which leads to the the next, you know, because he's like, she helps him. He's like, I got to get away from all this stuff. And so, you know, she takes him to, was it the bus stop or... I think it was a bus station. It was well, a bus it was station. well, I, yeah, it was something. Well, it wasn't. I don't know if it was a bus station. She takes him away, yeah, um, and gives him money. Maybe the next town over. Uh, yeah, but gives him money was it from the survivors fund or something. Yeah, it like was that? Friend, friends of the hostages or something yeah. like that. Yeah, she's like, hey, look, there's, and I love the line that she says at the end of it. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, because it's kind of that sarcastic, or whatever, but it makes perfect sense. You know, and again, it's that whole dynamic of of how can you not fall in love with Joey Lauren Adams for True. one thing. Yeah, of yeah, he was. He, he. She's like, yeah. Give me a call if you ever want. If you uh, if you ever want more. And he goes, well, what if I don't? Or or what if I don't want more? But I just want to call. She's or, and she's like, like I said, like I said, if you ever want more. You know, like I said, you know, give me a call if you want more. And so he walks off, and that's when he encounters the the burnout kids. You know? Yeah. And then Jake Busey 
pulls uh, up. Pulls up, you know, and uh, and he is every guy's skeezy friend from the nineties. Yeah, everybody had this guy as a friend at some point in time. Um, uh, Morrow is his name. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those things, you know, they go off, and you know, it's just like, yeah, I just gotta get out of town for a while. You know, it's basically going to the next town over is what yep. it is. And uh, he's like, yeah, we gotta go make a stop first. And so they go to the mall. Okay. Strip mall. It's a strip mall. mall. Yeah. And so, and, and so Morrow is because his back window is busted out. Right. And he's going after the guy that was it. But you were this scene. Right. First off, one of the greatest music drops okay. that you're talking That's about. That's what we're getting to. Yes. Okay. When I first saw this movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. This music drop, not just the music drop, but the scene, the way that it has shot of Spab. Walking down the the sidewalk of this strip mall Single in slow floor. motion as Creep by Radiohead is playing. Yep. As he's passing a a window that has, has pictures all kinds of, of like yeah, t shirts and, and, and everything like with his face on it, SFW and, and and also just the way he's walking through the crowd and he's kind of anonymous. Yep. At that point. Nobody even knows he's there. Right. And he's watching them watching him. Deadlocked right. on, on the, 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 the replay. That, that. And they're like selling videotapes of the stuff he yes, just went through. I know. I yeah. mean, all of And he goes in and he, that leads to him going into a store where they're watching videotape mm-hmm. of it. And everybody's yeah. standing around just like mesmerized. Obsessed with it, yeah. And he has this look on his face. Like, oh my God. Of, what is going on? Yeah, and it's also a, I'm never going to get away from this. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to get away from this. Yeah. And that whole, and that's like, what, two minutes worth of the film right there? Roughly. I, you yeah. know, between him, that musical drop and yeah. the, and, yeah. and, and that scene inside the store, and then him finally just being like, I've, I've had, I've seen too much of this, and then going and finding him. He's Morrow. like, I got to get out of here. I got right. to get further away right. from and here. Right. And Morrow's beating up. This dude, yeah, to yeah, because of the one that and stole his gun, and stole his gun, yeah, and so and then they go to his sister's house, which was a setup. Yeah. Actually, no, they didn't go to the sister's house first. No, they went to girlfriend's house. girlfriend's house. His girlfriend's house. Her he was name. drunk. Yeah, and and that's the whole. And we find out there more of the story of Maru was supposed to be with Joe and Spab. Yeah, yep. but instead he wound up hooking up with this girl. Yeah, who ended up getting pregnant. Well, she who, said yeah, she was pregnant who, to get yeah. the money for an abortion, but she just wound up going and buying champagne, cheap, cheap champagne, cheap champagne, champagne on top of it all. Yeah. And he's he is psychotic. <laughs> yeah, yes, he is. It's Gary Busey's son. I know. Come on. I, that and I was gonna say Jake Busey. If I were making a movie in 2022, yeah, and I was like, I need an unhinged character. Who do I go to? Jake Busey. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt in my mind about that. Yeah, just for that smile alone. I know. Man, he looks so much like his dad. Oh. I mean, it just oh, it's well, scary. People forget about his role in Tomcats. Mm. Yeah. You know, see, it, I and, go that, back, and that sleaze. Not a great movie. I go back to Starship Troopers. Starship so. Troopers. Well, yeah, everybody yeah, goes I mean, back yes. to that. But he's been in quite a few things. Uh, but and he's still got that weird overbite that his dad. I know had. he looks just, so ugh, much like his dad. Creepy, it's scary. Um, but yeah, but then and then it's they go to his sister. Yeah, who's a lawyer? Who's a lawyer? And he basically says, "I need you to get rid of this gun." Yep. And Morrow does. Morrow tells him, "Yeah, I need you to get rid of this gun." And then he yeah. leaves. Spab there with her, and come to find out, they're on this whole deal where they're going. They want him to sue, yeah. and they'll, and they'll split the profits. Yeah, yep. And he's just like God. Everybody, 
is trying, trying, to get a trying to get something out trying of Trying to get a piece. Yep. So he just takes he off just through takes the woods. Off. Yeah, and it's that, that that whole like when he meets the that the hippie weird couple. hippie couple. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I call them the Charlie Manson hippies yeah. because let's face it, yeah. they're a little. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely well, the, the dude's got a huge gun. Actually, for one I, thing, I, know, I wouldn't call like, them hippies. I call them radicals. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they were. well, because hippies would have been all about peace, and that's they, not what these right, people were about right. at all. They're, they're they're smoking pot, and you know. Well, that's why I call that's why I call them the Charlie Manson hippies because. You know, they, they put forward that whole, you know, oh, we're just here for the, the drugs and the rock and roll and all that. And then if you really dig into it, you know, they're going around killing people. Let's, or, let's, or wanting to. Right. Let, let's be honest. This couple probably has a body in the trunk. Yeah. Well, well, you know, but at this point we find out that not only is the police looking for them because this. But the FBI yeah. guy is just like yeah. so. What, but he goes to state, goes to a hotel mm-hmm. and he kind of leans in like he sees like. There is a report that he's, he's killed that he's killed himself. He's yeah. committed suicide. And he calls TVM, which is basically MTV, and says, Look, I am Cliff Spab, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he sets up this whole deal where he gets to go yeah, with host like BJs. Three old ladies. Which is I thought was brilliant. Uh, you know, where like, it was just what that is this whole about, like you yeah. know? Um and this is where you see like him being like, Okay, fine. If I'm gonna have to do this, I'm he, gonna go. Let me do it a little bit. He's like, okay, if Full I'm gonna hog, have to yeah. deal with the celebrity, I might as well be reaping the rewards right, of yeah. the celebrity. Right. And he is just being his spab self. So anyway, really, um, you get down to it. You know, when they first asked me to uh, to be a guest DJ here on on TVM, they said I could talk about anything I want as long as I didn't use words like <laughs> and especially not words like mother. So I made a promise to them, you know, not to use words like. <laughs> and especially not any words like mother yeah. of everything. You Absolutely. Know. He went full whole hog on it. Right. And, and it's funny because it goes on from there to where he's supposed to be host. Or he's, uh, and did you catch what band he was supposed to be doing the opening act for? Guar was one of them. No, Spinal was, Tap. Oh, yeah. that's right. He did. He said it was supposed tap. to be Spinal right, Tap. That right, is right, the right. only time in movie history that Spinal Tap has been in a movie other than this yeah. is Spinal Tap. Yeah. yeah. Or even mentioned, and I don't, I don't think they were even there. No, not they never showed. They were just about, mentioned. Yeah. yeah, but he he has this moment on stage, and of course he's, he's supposed to be interview. He's supposed to be um, introducing the band. Yeah, he's supposed to be introducing Spinal Tap, but he's he just he freezes, and he's looking out in the crowd. And Everybody's just spab spabbing, or yeah. so are there so and fucking he, water, whatever. And, it is. He, and sees he sees Joe in the Joe. audience, right? And he's just, and it's one of those things in that moment. Throws his hat to him. Brilliant, yeah. piece of acting on Stephen Dorse. I mean, just like. The, the tears welling up in his eyes and him yeah. just standing there and he's starting to relive what yeah. happened. By the way, you know? throughout the entire movie, there are a lot of cutaways. Yeah, we're getting to, flashbacks yeah, to inside to what the happened fun in the, spot. The, the fun spot. But we and don't actually get to the ending where Joe dies until he's in front of that audience. Yes. Trying to introduce right. Spinal and that's, Tap. And that's where we finally get the whole story. Joe is finally on day 36 had enough. Yeah. Well, they and ran out of beer. They ran out of beer. And that's he, what it was. And, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, I've had enough. And pushes one of the guys down, steal, steals, steals one the of the guns. guns. Which, what was up with the guns? They were What weird. were those? They I know. It's weird. like they weren't even like real guns. What, no, know? they were supposed to probably have been uh, Mac 10s. It looked like some kind of Mac 10. Like, yeah, but then it looked mixture. like a pistol at some point. Also, but, they shot like like, cameras. <laughs> but they shot like pistols. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you can shoot a Mac 10 single shot, but why do it? Yeah. You know? But anyway, uh, it, the thing that I liked about that, though, is you see the whole way that it played out. Now, again, Suntecho by this point is already dead. Yeah. Um, the 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 clerk had right. been shot in front of them. Right. 
And After they told her she could go, yeah, we're gonna let one of you go, right? And, and they, they voted like, vote no, no, you go. go. She had a, she had a husband and kids and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, and she and was, was like, she represented, I think, kind of the religious aspect of it because she kept saying, "I'll pray for you guys." Right, 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 right. You know, and then they just answered, shot her, shot her right in front of them. Yeah, it was, yeah. So it was pretty graphic. And then you, you, you know, fast forward to the scene where he's having the, I guess you could call it a mental breakdown on the stage, on stage, right? You know, where he's he's literally sees Joe in the audience. He's he's reenacting the whole scene where he's breaking out, you know, where they broke out. Right. And where he gets shot in the shoulder where Joe, after Joe's dead. Right. Uh, you know, basically protecting... Uh, Wendy. Wendy. Right. Yeah. So... Yeah, and so he, after he comes off stage, he go, or he goes backstage and Wendy's there. Yeah. You know, and this whole thing, all through the, the, all through the movie... He's we keep seeing her, her yeah, you know, he's calling her, but we're seeing her in interviews, yeah. you know, different places. And, and they're always asking, you know, well, have you, so have you talked to Spab? Have and, you talked and, to Spab? And here's, yeah. here's a very important line. She keeps saying, I don't think it's right for me to speak for Spab. Right. I, right. I don't think it's right for me to talk about Spab. Yeah. Right. She's trying to respect him and respect his privacy on this, but the media is not having it. Well, so, that's going to come back around. Yes, uh, it, yes does. it does. The exact same thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. That's going to come back around. So... They go and, like I said, they're hanging out at the, you know, in front of the fun spot, and they're talking that kind of stuff. And they wind up back at the hotel, you know, and, yep. you know, Wendy is getting ready to go into her senior year of high school. Yep, that's one of the things that kind of gets lost in this. They keep talking about this seventeen-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, she's a seventeen-year-old, blah blah blah, and that's the whole thing. Like as we're coming to the end of it, where she introduces him to the high to at her at an assembly at the school at her at, high school at her high school you know she, she and everybody she finally brings him in from the right. cold and, and is like look if we're going to do this let's right. do this together right and that's when and he doesn't say a word he doesn't he didn't get, get a, a chance, chance to, to. no nope. he goes up to the, and everybody because like, we everybody's. suddenly have the introduction and prophecy of the millennial <laughs> yes played by amber benson played by obviously. amber benson and her name is and for those of you who don't know who amber benson is she was tara she was on tara. buffy the vampire yes. slayer yes. and she's had other roles as yes, well she has. but that's that's the one she's most noticed she for. barbara weiler's babs babs, babs. Her. babs weiler her best friend's a tree yeah and it's one of those things where that's she's sitting. She's sitting in the audience. Yeah, and everybody's you know so fucking what, so mm-hmm. fucking what. They're, they're just saying over and over again, and she's having her own mental breakdown. Yeah, and you see there. her like, and she reaches into her, her, bag. her bag and pulls out a gun and stands up and yells, "Everything matters!" and shoots both of them. Yeah, and then we get this montage of. You know, Wendy and Spab were shot at the blah blah blah. You know, just all this stuff. And then they start researching but, her. But it's right, the whole her. media circus shifts to her. Yeah. Right. And who is her this message. person? What is her message? What is this? Everything matters. What is this? My best friend is a tree. My, yes, you know, all I this love kind that. of stuff. You know, and we've got to care. We've got to care. Right. We've got to care. And it is, and that's the whole thing. We start seeing this whole. You know, it's a new message for a new generation. Yep. You know, yeah. And and then they do the interview with her. Well, they're yeah. and. They go, and it's the Peter Jennings interview again. Yep, he yep. says the exact same thing that he said for the Wendy interview at the beginning of it. Yeah, yep. And we see Spab and Wendy both in the hospital. Watching it on Watching TV. it on television. Ironically, he shot in the, the other, other shoulder, shoulder this time, and she, and she shot, shot in, in the same in one the, that he yeah, was. Yeah, and, uh, they're, they're, and they're sitting there watching it, and he, he asks her, have you talked to... Wendy's bad, bad rap, whatever. Yeah. And, and she says the exact same thing that Wendy, that Wendy said. Yeah. You know? I don't and think it's right of me to speak about Spab. Yep. Right. And then they just turn off the television. And, and Spab finally looks at Wendy and goes, 
So are we getting married or what? Yeah. Which, okay, I think it's a great ending to the movie, but again, she's 17 years old. It's, okay? it's, 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 it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, there's, there's certain creep factors in this movie. Yeah, there's but no I'm not even, but, just know. in general, I'm like, she's 17 years old. He's only 20. And she had I the mean, best answer. Right. She did have the best answer. Yeah. You know, uh, we won't spoil that for right, you. Right, yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, it, it, it ends on, I guess you could say a happy ending. Kind of, because you know? it's, they've escaped the spotlight. Yeah. Their, their 15 minutes is up. Yeah, yeah exactly. pretty much. Pretty much. Um, let's get into the, the babs of it all here. Okay. Everything that happens in that like two minute period of where you're going through and you're seeing all of the, you know, the, the interviews and the, yep. you know, her being arrested and then being let go. And, and it's the, all done from like flash ups of the right. National Enquirer. And the, you and know, and the whole like thing is that the same FBI agent yep. is involved there. Um, singing her praises, by the way. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those mm-hmm. things he hated his spab so much that he's willing to let somebody, you know, stand up in a school assembly and shoot two people because they have a different message, you know. Um, and again, when Dave rewatched this movie, because I told him because he was like, I can't find the movie. I was like, yeah, it's on Tubi, you know. Yeah, and, went over and watched it. And so he's watching as well. Yeah, and he's sitting there watching it, and I, I get a text message like a little later. He goes, I hate millennials. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yes, that very much is the it's, that it's, change. It's, now, now, granted, the age, like if you said it in 1995, the age for that is not. It's right. not right yeah, it because she's the same up. age as Wendy, yeah, you know, which means up. that she would have been born in 1978, you know, type yeah. of thing. Uh, so, but it's still one of those things where the sentiment like, is kind of like what I've said a couple of times about the whole Gen X, the, like where where is the cutoff? Where is the yeah. you know. I kind of feel like if you're born after Star Wars, you're not really a Gen Xer. So, I mean, <laughs> See, I, I, I lay that, and I, I know we always read yeah, this. I, know. I lay this at 1980. Right, right. This is a cutoff, and then from like 80 to 84 but is that Generation Y. There is, there is. 84 forward is the millennials. There right. is that very back end Gen X. It's a mixture. 78, 79, We'll call it 80. the Genesis factor. Whatever, yeah. You know, if like, it was Peter Gabriel, you're a Gen Xer. If it was Phil Collins, you're not. Yeah, the, mm. uh, of like that that last couple of years before 1980, yeah. where like yeah. most of the people that I know that are in that are not full Gen Xers. You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, technically they may be. They're a blend. But they they have a lot more millennial values than they do Gen X values um, or whatever you want to call it. Well, and and I do think that, you know, Amber Benson did a great job as just playing that type of I won't say We all know that girl. Exactly. I won't say self-involved, but just very you know, committed to her point of view right. kind of thing, which was interesting to see because it was a good foil to Spab. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was literally almost a polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it. Spab gets shot by Babs. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I was know. intentional. I so, know. yeah. And, today, and there's... Today, she's referred to as Karen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something like that. You know, it, it it's such a... You know, what's funny is that Babs is kind of a precursor to Daria. In some ways, I don't know if I would go that far. Not as militant. Not as militant. I I don't think so because Daria, she cared about everything. Daria didn't care about a damn thing. Daria was a lot more Gen X. Exactly. Daria is Gen X. Yeah, Yeah. she's the personification Um, of Gen X. But 
it's I don't know. It, it really does. Don't you go after especially Gloria. the way that the media in this movie are portraying her as this new voice for this new generation that cares about everything. Well, Daria would have hated that. But if yeah. you think about it, that's what they did with Spab, too. They were pushing him yeah, as but he the didn't voice of his... But he his, didn't care about anything. Right, but it was the yeah, whole point it. of the voice of their generation kind of thing. And the irony is that they were only about, what, two or three years apart? Yeah, not even. So, yeah, Spab is about yeah. 20 years old yeah. in this. I mean, it, it's really kind of a... a uh, an attack on the marketing machine that pushes the generation stuff so hard so, because let, let's, let's call it the demographics and the generational stuff is a, a marketing. So I, I'm going to throw something out here and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this or not, but um, I'm a huge fan of Chuck Palahniuk. Yes. Uh, the gentleman wrote fight club. Mm -hmm. He has got a, his new book. Uh, I haven't got a new one yet, but he has audio a book. book. I haven't listened to it yet. He has a book called survivor is about a, a, uh, Make a long story short, it's about a guy who was involved in a cult where everyone committed suicide except him. Okay. And the media gets a hold of this and wants to hear his story. And in the process of it, kind of builds him up as kind of the guy that has all the answers. So they built him up as a whole cult following him type thing. Mm -hmm. I was getting really, really strong vibes of that. When I was watching rewatching this movie, I can see that because it's, it's a, it, you really do see the media machine kind of generate. You know, oh, you know what? If you can't find a hero, you make one. I'm yeah. sorry, I was wrong. You're talking about Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk, who wrote Fight Club, yes, and Choke, and yes, quite a few other books. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, I was thinking about uh, Chuck Klosterman. Oh, yeah, 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 he's got a new movie. He's got a new book out called The '90s, which I have an oh, audio book for. That, that I'm like, okay, this is going to yeah. be good because I love Chuck Klosterman. So, but so. like I said, with, with the the Palahniuk thing. This gave me a lot of those same vibes, and it gave me a lot of those same kind of feelings. And the interesting thing was the way that Polanyk wrote that book, where you're getting that point of view, and I apologize, I can't remember the main character's name, through his eyes of what all's going on around him, where it's just kind of this nihilistic, I don't really care, I'm just, I'm trying to live my life kind mm -hmm. of thing, and everybody wants me to be this thing, so I might as well be it. Right. It's very, very similar to SFW. You know, in that See whole aspect, it, you, know? you know, of just, you know, <laughs> if you can't find a hero, you make one, right, you know, and right, that's, that's right. basically what they did. And they did the same thing with well, Babs. Also, if you can't find a villain, make one. Exactly. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I have to admit when they did this movie, there were a lot of cute little nods to other things. Absolutely. I, I brought this up in the, uh, in the bracket episode, but <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where, um, Spab is going with his brother and girlfriend are going back up to their hotel room and there's an older couple that's in the hotel or in the elevator with them and they and recognize it, Spab and they recognize what well, she does he yeah. has no idea who right, he is, right, she right. does and they want to go party with him but and I love her yeah oh, that was great, great. that she's was awesome great. but eh. their names were Phil Connors and his wife Rita mm -hmm. Groundhog Day came out in 93 this right. came out in what 95 95 yep so yeah. that was already existing, right, and I was just right. like, "Oh my God, that's Phil Connors. That's right, awesome!" Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was having a Stephen Toblowski moment. Let, oh, Phil Connors. Yeah. <laughs> let's. Uh, I know we talked about this some, but let's let's talk about the soundtrack. Oh, such okay. a good soundtrack. Yeah. Soundgarden with Jesus Christ Pose. Get Your Gun by Marilyn Manson. Can I Stay Pretty Mary Sunshine. Teenage War by Hole. 
Uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead Monster by Monster Magnet. Magnet, like Suicide, Chris Cornell. Acoustic Acoustic version. Acoustic version. Uh, which no, is the better version? No fucking problem. Suicidal tendencies, which is what they play all the way out on the yeah. You know, Surrender by Paul, which uh, is a cheap trick. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They actually do a fairly decent they do. cover. Uh, Creep by Radiohead, which oh. we talked was one of the best music drops. Well, uh, hands down. Yeah, hands one of the down. best ones ever. I think. Two at a time by Cop Shoot Cop, Cop again. Say what you want. Babes in Toyland. SFW, SFW by Guar. My boys. Spab and Janet Evening slash Green Room. Okay, now there's some songs that didn't make it to the soundtrack. Yes, yeah. they're worth are. mentioning, which there is are. Stephen Dorff actually wrote Spab's theme. Okay. And recorded it. Is that that acoustic thing that he yes. plays in the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and A Light in the Black, which is uh, Rainbow. Rainbow. Is yes. in there, too. Yeah. Yes. Um, you also had Speedball by Therapy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and most people forget about Therapy. Therapy is one of those bands. That no, you didn't say it right. Oh, sorry. Therapy? You got to <laughs> say it as a question. <laughs> That's therapy? right. The question mark. Yeah. Um, but you also had... Um, man, uh, you had Mary Mary from Mantissa. And the interesting thing, and I, I did a little digging on this, and we, we talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. before... Originally, they had planned to use all apologies from Nirvana. Yes. Because Cobain had seen the script and absolutely loved it. Well, the problem was between the time that he saw the script and the time that they went into production, Cobain committed suicide. Right. And never got the rights to use it. So that's the reason why Teenage Horror is being used in that. You know, especially in that scene where they use Teenage Horror, oh, wait, that's wait. a much better song than I all agree. apologies. So. You, you, you completely mean, agree. You mean a whole song ended up on the soundtrack instead of a Nirvana song? <laughs> I know. Shocker, huh? <laughs> all right, Dave. We all know how you feel about Courtney. Uh, Live through this, Dave. Live through this. Yeah. Well, you know, Teenage Horror was actually off of um, uh, their first album. Yeah. Um, but it, Pretty I think on the inside. And honestly, yeah. I agree with you. I think it fits better. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, just as a uh, kind of superimposing, I went back and muted it and played all apologies during that scene. And it, it does not. It's okay. It's not nearly as impactful. No, no. That, uh, the sheer ferocity yeah. of that song yeah. with Courtney, the way that she's screaming. And the, the the just the intensity of the music itself makes for a perfect a perfect soundtrack to that scene, rather than all apologies with its well, because it man, it's, it's it, very melodic. It basically and it's mirrors very, what's yeah. going on in Monica's head, exactly. You know, so exactly. she's just raging at everything, and right. falls, at this point, you know, do something to me, right? Just make me right. not feel this, right? Kind of fitting for something yeah. called teenage horror, right? What are you doing? What are you laughing at, Dave? I, I found where Rod, uh, Roger Ebert. Oh, God. Oh, God. I can only imagine. Roger Ebert this. Re- reviewed this. He probably ripped this one to pieces. He gave it one star. Yep. I'm only going to read the first paragraph. Oh, Lord. SFW, and this is coming from a boomer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. SFW is the kind of movie to inspire members of Generation X to lie about their age. It qualifies Forrest Gump for a genius giant. It is the portrait of the most singularity, stupid, obnoxious character I've ever seen on the screen in many a day, which would be promising if he were not also boring as well. You know, but I kind of think that was the point. Right. He yeah. was trying to do, and, and that's why I go back to that John Waters comparison, because it's, that's the vibe that I was getting, that he was trying to be over-the-top, obnoxious, annoying. He was playing a caricature of what he thought to be until he was scene. He was basically trying to play a character... 
yeah. of what he thought people wanted to see on television right. since he was being on television anyway. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And this is proof that the generation that birthed all of us totally don't get us. Yeah. It all goes back to Andy Rooney the week after Cobain died and his, you know, Oh, I remember minutes. this. Yeah. You know, oh, boo-hoo, you know, I, you know, cry me, you know, you were given everything and then you gave it away. I mean, just like completely... Missing the point. Not even missing the point, just being completely dismissive yeah. of well, but what a you younger generation. I, I mean, but, come it's, on. but it's one of those things but I, and I love because um, I think it was Nat Geo a few years ago did a, like, it was a five part series about Gen X, mm-hmm. you know, Generation X. And it was really funny seeing, like, all these different people who, you know, who were writers or, or whatever, you know, that were, and they talked about that and they brought it up there and they come back and they're like showing it, blah, blah, blah. And it's just this, it's like all these talking heads look at the camera like, fuck Andy Rooney. Yeah. Okay, fuck Andy Rooney. Pretty I much. mean, this is just. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, and, and keep in mind, you know, we're not defending suicide or anything. No, like not that, in the slightest. No. Look, look, Let's, Cobain. Or Courtney Love. Or Courtney Love. Or Cor- Cobain for that. Cobain suicide quite honestly, it's not about his suicide. It's about, it's, it's about, about mental health issues. It's about yeah. health issues. Yeah. It's about drug use. It's about, it's about drug, drug use. use. It's about it's instant about, fame. It's about instant fame to deal with trying it. to deal with it and, and, and everybody wanting something from you yep. and surrounding yourself with toxic people. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it, there, there's so much more that, that goes on that went on around that horrible situation. Yeah. Right. That to have somebody who is a prominent, for lack of a better term, thought leader on a major news outlet come out and be completely dismissive and be like, oh, boo hoo, you were successful. And so you had to, you know, you had to kill yourself. And it's just like, Fuck you, dude. Like, seriously. This is the reason why your generation and our generation are never going to get along. Yeah. I mean, this is... <laughs> I mean, it's, people have compared that as a watershed moment. Yeah. And I, and I definitely think that's a watershed moment, you know? It is. Uh, 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 well, it's the same way that Lennon getting shot was for that generation. Exactly. I was about to say, exactly. John Lennon the getting shot The boomers will go back watershed. to yeah. December of 1980 and go on and on and on about how this was the most terrible thing that ever happened yep. and then in the same breath turn around and say ah that Cobain kid didn't know what was, what was really happening you know just like I, I and again no. I'm not the biggest Kurt Cobain no, fan no, no, or Nirvana fan or anything that kind of stuff yeah. but it took me a long time to come back around to Nirvana because yeah. when they first came out yeah, I, was I was like they were again it was too big too fast yeah what it was and and there were too many people who all of a sudden were just like oh my god it's the greatest thing ever I'm like yeah, they're good but they're yeah. not the greatest thing ever I mean come on or saying comparing them oh no th- this is our Beatles I heard that so many times oh yeah that yeah, that yeah. probably and, turned me off in Nirvana yeah, more than anything else that happened even at that time I was like the Beatles are kind of overrated so why well, I would rather not have an overrated band no. identify if our generation you know it's but I, I just think that, you know, people look at that. And, and honestly, that was right in time with when this movie came out. You know, Cobain. Less than a year. Yeah. It was, it was less, than less than a year, a year when this movie prior came out. Yeah. So, and, I, I, and there was an article where the director was talking about this movie kind of mirrored his rise to success and how he had to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. You too. know, I would, I would love to. I would love to see some kind of retrospective done on this movie, like with the the actors and the and the the cast, know, the, yeah, the yeah, people the, who everybody, worked on the movie. everybody that worked on it. The, yeah. So we put the soundtrack together. 
all I, of that stuff just kind of as yeah. a... I could see that. I, I'd love to see it from the writer's perspective. Yes, absolutely. You know, the, the actors, okay. I mean, you know, some of them were, were really good. Some of them, honestly, so much, were kind of anybody could fill that right, role type right. thing. Um, you know, like you said, Reese Witherspoon knocked it out of the park. You know... She knocked it out it. of the park. Yes. Well, she, I, and... Again, and to your back. point, I'd like to, I would like to see Andrew Wellman actually compare the book to the movie and how he felt that the movie represented it, did, it, whether it did it justice or not. Yeah. You know, it's, no, I think that would be really interesting. I, I would really love to see, um, you know, not so much an interview with with Stephen Dorff on it because let's face facts, Stephen Dorff will talk about anything, but <laughs> just kind of the idea of where they see in, in you know looking back. How old is this movie? What did we say? 95. 95. So, so 21 years ago. 20, 22 years yeah, 22 ago. 22 years ago. I mean, looking back 22 years, you know, you're always going to see it from a different set of eyes. And I think it would be really interesting to see, okay, well, when you're doing it at the time, you're never going to see what kind of impact it's going to have. Right. And now that this has become such a touchstone for Gen Xers, I mean, this has been compared or, or used in the same breath as movies like Clerks. As movies like Singles, yeah. as movie, you know, any of those big reality, heavy bites. Hit, reality bites is another one that's been yeah. brought up on that. You know, those are our touchstones about what people were trying to say at that time. And I do think that this does do a good representation of it. Does it go a bit extreme sometimes? Yeah. But I think that's part of the point. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I think the, the SFW statement was, you know, it's because, not just a slacker mentality. It was the whole world's mentality at that because point. Because let, let's be honest, as part of that generation and being raised, you know, on a steady diet of sarcasm and all that. Yep. A lot of our sarcasm was completely over the top, and it yep. was over the top on purpose, you know, sarcastically. Well, absolutely. Our sarcasm was also, it still is. Sarcasm was hiding us. truth. It, as you say, it was our armor. Yeah. It was a. It was our armor. It was our yeah. weapon. Uh, it was, was our, our comfort. Sh- a lot of times, it was our, it was our truth. You know? It was, and that's one of the things you know, like. And if you could pull off the driest ever to where somebody actually thought you were like, oh, telling the truth, that was. Those were like, ooh, you know, of I don't know about a year or so ago. Um, <clears throat> Dave had a medical issue. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, no, let's just go ahead and do that. Let's let's talk about it. <laughs> Since you brought it up, I, and you know where I'm going with this, so it's a uh, just be careful how you tell. Uh, yeah, but but anyways, but so it's one of those. So things basically, they, I I thought I was having a heart attack. Right, I've we, been there. Me and the wife were at home. We were watching TV. I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. We went to the emergency room. Of course, this is in the middle of COVID, um, and it was enough because of my family history and because of the symptoms I was presenting. They kept me in the hospital. And with the test that came back, I had a doctor wake me up in the middle of the night going, okay, we're going in tomorrow to do a heart catheter. Right. And we're expecting to put two to three stents in. And if we get past three stents, we're going to crack you open and do a bypass. Wow. And I got this news at like three in the morning and I'm in the hospital by myself because nobody can come see me because it's in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. So, so they take me down to do the heart cath, put me under. And when I wake up in the recovery room, they're like, uh, you have zero blockages. You have good heart health. We have no idea what's wrong with you. Go home. Wow. So while I'm in the hospital, <laughs> laying in the bed by myself because I have nobody else to talk to, I start texting this joker and Corey. And Corey. Which so was a mistake. Yeah. Okay. It was a mistake. So Dave's in the hospital with a potential heart attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, like looking at potential major surgery on top of it all. Yeah. 
And Corey and I are making jokes about like, well, you know, one of us is going to have to to marry Miss Nay if if he dies, Jeez. you know, or 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 I get his or I get his guns, and I want his record collection, or I want you know. Oh my god! And it's one of those yeah, things they, that they, just on and on and on and on and on and on. And so, and I, and I bring all that up because it, first off, it's only your friend, your true friends can do that. Kind Absolutely, of stuff to you. you know, but, as you as you're laying in the hospital, possibly dying, right? Yeah. Your true friends will sit there and split up your possessions. Exactly. You, you know, I mean, or we're, make we're passes going, at your wife. Yeah, or right. Yeah, it's, and we're, it's that. We're, whole D&D where you got to loot the body. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, but it's that whole, you know, we're doing all this stuff. And, and where I was going with this initially was that I, at one point during this, I was at my parents' place and I'm sitting there and I'm texting you on the phone and I'm just laughing. You mm-hmm. know, my mom was like, what are you laughing about? And I'm trying to like tell her, you know, what's going on. <laughs> How'd that go over? And she just sits there and looks at me. She goes, I'm never going to understand your generation. <laughs> I mean, just like, and that's not the first time my mom has said something to me like that where it's like, Right. I don't understand you and your generation and your morbid sense of humor. We we and have your a sarcasm. We and have a your, dark sense of humor and all that kind of stuff. And and every time she says it, I, I just I kind of look at her and I'm like, and yeah, you're not. You're never going to understand this. Well, but if you think about it, that, and that you know, to to your point, that that is our armor. That is it our, is. That's it how is. we know we're going to be okay. Right. Because you know, if if Alan came in tomorrow and said, hey, I've gone to the doctor and they're telling me you know x y and z well naturally dave and i are going to sit there if it's something that there's any possibility that he's not going to drop dead in the next 30 seconds oh we're going to be making fun well, yeah, of him left I, and, and right and yeah. i fully you know when and, all and, that after the three of us got back in the same room and i looked at yeah. both of them i'm like look if i'm ever in a situation like this that actually turns out to be if you guys are not making fun of me i'm going to come wrong. back and haunt both of your yeah, asses something's okay. wrong <laughs> at that point well and let's be honest dark humor and sarcasm <laughs> is kind of how we've we deal we with bad yeah. situations. It's, it's our coping mechanism, you know. And coffee. You, if we, do, you know, I, you, sarcasm, well, you dark humor. Look, you also have to look yeah. at the flip side of that. Okay, the generations before us, not just the boomers, but also the silent generation before that. You know, like the World War II generation. Or something. Yep. Yeah, the World War II generation well, came back from this huge trauma. And boomers, said, the silent generation, then, the the greatest generation, yeah, all of them. They came back and they said, "Okay, after about a year of being back from the war, they said, okay, we were no longer going to speak of this.'" Yep, and they just put it right and, and went on, but they both had this whole. If somebody has cancer, you don't talk about it, right? If somebody has what, you don't talk about it. Well, that's a very blah blah, I mean, blah blah blah, you know, type yeah. stuff. And and it was you, one of those things that if you did talk about it, you talked about it in hushed tones, it. and you you know blah blah blah. The previous generations bottled it up, yep, and they kept it inside them, and eventually it just ate. Right insides of their soul, and we came <laughs> along, and of course we were we put it out on raising ourselves to begin with, yeah. you know, and it was just like this: like, no, we're going to talk about this shit because well, somebody has to, somebody has to talk about well, every bit of this. Well, and, and going back to the fact that you know we were basically raising ourselves, you're at home, you're dealing with the pop tarts, and you're you know, right. and you're like, okay, I've got a situation I don't know how to deal with. Who are you going to call for advice? You're going to call your friends and yeah, go, hey, right. have you run into this? Right. If you've run into this, hey, can how you do, come how over and help we, me with this? Because how do we deal with this? Yeah, because there were there was there were no there was no parental supervision yeah. right. to to help, you know. Which is why for the our, most part. Which is I why mean, our generation they we're still not great at it, but no. we're better about going to our friends going, "Hey, I need some help. Can you guys come over and help us out?" Well, now, I, I on the flip side of that, you have the generation behind us that overshares everything and <laughs> well, that can't everything help. 
matters. But can't help but talk about their feelings and their. I mean, just I, you I know, and you look at me, go, you, yeah. you know, you probably should have kept that to yourself because now we're going to use our dark humor and sarcasm mm-hmm. against you. See, and I think that's, that's and now we're just you know, mean. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> finding that that threshold and finding where that that pressure gauge is right, too. You know, right. and, and I do agree that you know we use sarcasm, dark humor, and and you know evil coffee, bitter, coffee, and evil coffee. bitterness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, to, to our advantage, but it also I say I like my coffee. I like my women, dark and bitter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, you know, I think it does, I mean, whether it's, you know, which one's better, which one's worse, who's to say? I mean, it's... We're not, we're not, we're not making yeah, you know, it's, statements there's, there's, of what's it's better not what's about worse. better just, what's worse. It's, it's how the different generation how right, deal with... with right. How we deal with our trauma. Yeah. You know, and that's and the, the fact that how we can communicate it. Not just yes. how we deal with it, but how we communicate it. You know, like you said, if we were nice to you, you'd think something's horribly wrong. Oh, I know. Like, you know? What, what, what's going on? But yeah. it's also that idea of... You know what you can say and what you can't right. say. And back to the movie. Yes. When he comes back home and he goes in his room and he's like, Oh, you know, yeah, you know, what happened in my room? You know, yeah. like, oh mom, his brother's like, Oh, you know, mom cleaned, cleaned it up. up and blah blah blah. And what do they do? They set off trashing the place. After playing as music as loud as possible while there's a press conference going on yeah, and outside on everywhere. the front lawn. And that's the whole thing. He comes in and, you know, and all his family's there all of a yeah, sudden. Goes he over, kisses one forever. little girl and says, huh, I see you. Yeah, and Walks into his off. room and locks the door. I know. And it's one of those things that, again, mm-hmm. that that scene of him, of the two of them just destroying the entire room, yep. again, kind of indicative of the way, as a generation, we dealt with we things. raged yeah absolutely it, whatever it was whether it was destroying your room whether it was doing way too many drugs whether it was you know just I, taking off one day I, and being I, gone for two weeks you I know cleared a small wooded area out back of our house yeah. in illinois into like a small park with a machete i was cutting trees down with a machete to burn off the, the yeah, energy I mean, just, so I didn't boys yeah boys 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 when you go to a concert what was the first thing that you mosh did? Pit. was the pit absolutely. exactly mosh pit. absolutely but you, know? you couldn't full rage in a mosh pit because what are the rules of a mosh pit help somebody up yep. if somebody goes down you, you help them, them back yep. up but that's my point though it was a physical outlet of your energy and your rage yep. to be able to, to display that absolutely our parents never did that their they parents never it. did they didn't that understand it you know and people afterwards don't do it anymore just because of the fact that they're looking at it going oh well that could hurt someone well that's kind of the freaking point all right i mean that's part of the reason why i became a drummer eventually is because you just needed something to bang on I needed something as, to bang on as we're as we're winding this episode down i want to i want to tell this little anecdote about rage pit about rage pit about mosh pit <laughs> rage pit i like that <laughs> i was on the way out to do something i don't know i was like 20 19 20 years old somewhere around in there and I was going to a concert and I, whatever, you know, it was at three. I know whatever it was, it was at 328 form. It's all as it normally would be. And both my parents are sitting there watching television as I'm walking out of the house. And my mom's like, you know, I really I, I, I worry so much about you when you go to these shows, you know, with those mosh pits and everything. And I'm like, why? And my dad, without missing a beat. Looks at me, goes, because you're going to get in there and you're going to butt heads with somebody and they're going to have AIDS and you're going to wind up dying. Wow. Such a cheery outlook. Wow. I mean, that goes right along with his sex talk that I got of if you have sex before you get married, you're going to die. So, I mean, that's, but that is the. That's what he believed. I know. know? And that's the whole, like, that's where you went to that I'm, that I'm going to butt heads with somebody. We're going to bust our heads open and I'm going to wind up with AIDS because of the blood getting into my system. You know, that's yeah. like, really? That's where you went to. 
<laughs> but I mean, and, and this is not to defend them, and, and, but I, I genuinely think that's one of those things that parents looked at it from the sense of we don't understand this because we can't do that. So therefore, it's 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 like someone speaking a foreign language to them. There is, you know? I think, it can all be summed up as we're leaving this episode. Yes, with the profound song from the early from the late nineteen eighties. Parents just don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Who would have thought that Will 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 Smith would be the the poet laureate of our generation? But who would have thought you would have quoted <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff in the Fresh Prince? Hey, I had that album. He's a DJ, he's a DJ. I'm the rapper. Oh I had that album gosh. back in the day. So did you see that one coming? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, yeah, me either. So, guys, go and check out SFW. It is available on Tubi and Pluto, Pluto. and I think it's available like. A few other places. I think you can um, rent it on Voodoo. I have it. I had. Yep. I have a hard copy. I've got a DVD of it. I've had it for years. You know, uh, that is not a hard. That is not an easy DVD to no, find. No, it's not longer. No, it's not. Um, we, we need to. We actually need to make that into a digital copy, and I can show you how to do that. Okay. Well, considering I don't have a. Do you have a? Well, we'll talk about it. I just say I don't. I don't have a disk drive on my computer any longer. Yeah, so most people we've, don't because we've progressed past. I have now. access to one. I, okay. If you let me borrow it, I can turn it into a digital. Um, I may actually have a digital copy of that. To be honest. Uh, anyway, I can MKV. We'll get all all that in a heartbeat. So, guys, uh, go and check out our all of our social media. You can go, especially Discord. Yes, you can go into our notes, our liner notes, our and the. If you go by the Facebook page, you can actually find a link to the Discord page. I'm not on Facebook any longer, so it's. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, you're putting it in the show notes as well. It's so. also in the show yep. notes, so you can get there as well as our Instagram and, and our Facebook. Um, and uh, so yeah guys thank you so much go and check out SFW if you've never seen it before it's worth a watch it's worth a watch there are a few there are a few things in it that that really date it and you know and like I said, yeah. there, there's a couple places where like wow that, that that those are some choices that they made in the acting it's worth sticking through stick through end. all the way to the end because it it, it it really does end on a oh I didn't see that coming this is perfect yeah note, yeah you know, so uh, so anyways, guys, I'm Alan Smith. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. And I'm Barry. Barry. We will see you next time. See you. I wish I was special. But I'm a-